ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, uh, we'd like to welcome you to the Change Your State podcast led by Healthy Harrison. And today we have a really great guest and I'm joined by the other host for today, Brock Malcolm. Brock, how are you doing today? Doing great, Jumbo. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. We finally made it. We finally made it. So uh, before we jump into business today, I'd like to just point out our sponsors and, and thank those for making this podcast possible. Uh, of course, WV News, the State Journal, Interaction Media, and WV Medicine United Hospital Center. So certainly couldn't do this without them. Each week, we like to give a little bit of a healthy tip for each of you to uh you know, improve your state of mind and overall state of health in West Virginia. And this week's tip is to download our app. So if you haven't done so already, Healthy Harrison has a free app and is very interactive, providing you daily tips and um, points you in the direction of how to start your health journey or continue your health journey wherever you may be. So of course, this, the purpose of this podcast is to draw attention to the simple and small, tiny changes that you can make in your life uh, that can overall have a very big impact. And so without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest for today. He is a retired family practice physician who has practiced for 25 years in Clark. On the shelter, recovery ministry leader of Celebrate Recovery at Clarksburg Baptist Church and a state representative for the Celebrate Recovery Program. He's a recovery coach and a member of the Harrison County Recovery Coach Association. Lou gets to serve on the advisory panel for the Harrison County Drug Court and North Central District of West Virginia Federal Drug Court. He was an early contributor to causality of the epidemic. He celebrates recovery from opioid addiction and has 18 years of sobriety. In addition, he gets to serve on the board of Healthy Harrison, and he is now an ordained minister who has a master's degree from the West Virginia Christian University. I also want to point out that Lou's a close and personal friend of mine. I love, love this guy. He um, does a lot for the community, and he does a lot for the board of Healthy Harrison. Today's topic is discoverrecovery.org. Discoverrecovery.org is a resource website where you can go, go to find local relevant resources to help with the fight against opioid addiction. Lou, we welcome you and thank you for joining us today. Gosh, a pleasure to be with you all today. There's a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. And really what I'd like to start by doing is obviously we have a really incredible intro for you, uh, but I'd love to hear from you a little bit about your journey. Um, for, for those of you who may not know who you are, um, you know, catch us up to speed from your perspective. How you'd highlight your son's eight. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, no one ever sets out to be a drug addict, but I certainly became one. And it was a matter of trying to practice medicine with all the demands of medicine uh, without have, having have any spiritual guidance, any spiritual bound uh, uh, grounding. And, and so I got caught up in trying to take care of as many patients as I could and make as many people happy. I really struggled with something called codependency and, and that uh, afforded me tremendous stress and some physical illness. And uh, I have to say that uh, the pharmaceutical companies were sampling that pain medication. I had opiates in my sample closet and although 
the drug samples in a doctor's closet are not for the physician's personal use, I certainly violated that and began to sample samples. And then addiction totally gets out of control. It certainly did for me. And I began to just take more and more opiates and became fully addicted to opiates, uh, fraudulent prescribing, all kinds of uh, illicit practices in that. And, and in addition, caught up in the uh, opiate epidemic in the sense that we were widely prescribing opiates, pain medication, and controlled substances to patients as we felt that was the thing to do. That was the standard of care. And I got lost in the midst of all that. But by the grace of God, I got saved, found a spiritual foundation, uh, got sober, but then uh, as is the course, I had a raid from the federal government. They found all the um, false prescribing that I'd done, the fraudulent prescriptions and very sloppy medical records. And I, uh, as is the parlance, I caught a couple of felonies, uh, had my medical license uh, revoked in the course of all that, but I've been able to, by the grace of God and with God's help, rise through all that. And, and now I'm doing work in recovery um, in intensive work and recovery in all kinds of fields. And it's a very gratifying place to be. Uh, you know, I'm really, uh, I feel like we're making a difference between our uh, Clarksburg mission work, uh, the celebrate recovery work and drug court and the role that I get to play as a recovery coach. I feel like we're making a difference. And there are fortunately more and more resources all the time to help folks deal with substance use disorder. Sadly, it's one of the factors, and I do applaud Healthy Harrison for trying to improve the health statistics and health status of our community. One of the major factors is substance use disorder, mental health issues also, but substance use disorder of all, all natures. Uh, I mean, I could talk on for hours about this. We have a high rate of um, adverse childhood experiences. People suffer in all kinds of ways growing up and uh, they don't know. They're not equipped to handle the emotional impact of all that, and they turn to substances. In addition, we sadly have a lot of poverty in our community, in our county, and, and poverty goes hand in hand with those adverse childhood experiences to set up a perfect storm. And the opiate epidemic, as you know, came through Appalachia, came through Harrison County, and then when opiates, prescribed opiates were retracted as the medical profession, as healthcare recognized that there was a big problem with that kind of prescribing, heroin came in. Heroin, easily accessible, black tar heroin swept through this area, then to be replaced by methamphetamine in huge quantities from the cartels, and then fentanyl uh, admixtured with all that. And, and that's what's killing people now. Our overdose rate has soared uh, particularly in these last years, and particularly since the pandemic. Uh, folks are disconnected. Uh, they've become purposeless in all this, and they've lost hope. And that's one thing that Healthy Harrison tries to do, is to make connections for folks and to drive connection. And, and on my side, we try to grow the recovery community so folks have connections with healthy people and to give them a purpose in life uh, and, and also to give them hope that you can recover. My, my 18-year coin is, is evidence that you can recover. And the people that I encounter every day um, ha have recovered. So, so it's, it's good stuff at this point. Lou, I, I think your story is remarkable. And, um, you know, the fact that you really came back from the dead in a sense, you know, um, and, and really found new life and helping others is, is just an incredible story. And I think that the, the reason it's so relevant to 
me and our community and Healthy Harrison is in part that it, it you're, you're so well known. And so this is a story that not only people hear, but they're somewhat a part of, you know, and, and, and people know you in the, in the neighborhood and you influence so many people. Um, and what I'd like to do is, is really kick it over to Brock and, and invite Brock to talk about, um, you know, Healthy Harrison started roughly six years ago and Brock's been involved since, you know, the origin of, of, of this organization. Brock, could you maybe share with, you know, our viewers, what role Healthy Harrison played in the formation of uh, focusing on health outcomes and also the formation of Discover Recovery and, you know, why we got involved and, and what our role has been over the past five years? Yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, when we started, we, we wanted to, uh, our mission was to measurably improve the health and well-being of the people of our, our county. And so you look at how can you, first of all, actually improve people's lives? And then second of all, how can you measure that? You know, there's, there's subjective and there's objective improvement, right? Some people just feel better, but there's not a, a, a scale upon which you could um, measure it. So when we really got down to trying to figure out what we could impact, um, one of the things that we were hearing repeatedly from people was, you know, my son has this problem, my daughter has this problem, I have this problem, my husband has this problem, my parents, you know, people are affected in so many ways within their families, but they didn't know where to go to get help. And so working with Lou and working with the board and working with others who provide services in the community, we said, well, what if we could remove that barrier that people have in knowing where to go, who to call? You know, um, you know, often when you're dealing with somebody who's in the throes of addiction, um, when they hit rock bottom and they're willing to get help, you have to get that person help immediately. Lou can talk about that. Um, if they have to wait around for hours and hours to get help, you know, often they'll reconsider and, and they'll start to uh, go through withdrawal and they won't want to get the help. So how could we create a website that people could go to that would uh, help them access the help that they need when they need it? And so I think that was the biggest thing was just pulling all of the resources and providing phone numbers that will get you on the phone with somebody who can help. Um, and, you know, the governor's helpline, uh, which was instituted under Governor Tomlin, has been huge in that, um, in finding beds for people who need help, finding rides to services for rehab. Um, but that was really where we got with the discoverrecovery.org was we didn't have a comprehensive guide in our community. And, and you know, it was lose work. Um, I'm sure that that's something that he hears all the time is people just not sure where to turn. Yeah, and I think that that's why this is so relevant is that, you know, Lou, your story um, correlates so much with our community story, which is we haven't always been here, right? We ended up here over the course of the past 20 years. And, and so, yes, we have this incredible resource. And yes, we're able to continue to build it with the help and support of your knowledge and experience that you bring to the table. Um, but, you know, more fundamental question is, how the heck did we get here? You know, I grew up in Staley um, and lived in Harrison County most of my life. Um, this is a relatively new problem when you look at the, the past hundred years. You know, this is really a 20-year 
uh, growth. How, how did we end up here in your opinion, Lou? I mean, we had a breakdown in community, uh, sadly, and it went along with uh, just no longer being a small town, having a lot more transient folks in there. And we, we had deindustrialization. The, the, the glass factories closed, the coal mines retracted in all kinds of ways. They no longer needed thousands of people to produce coal. And so that out-migration of folks, um, the purposeless unemployment and, and job instability is extraordinarily stressful. I, I can remember when the Anchor Hawking plant closed, people in the know were really concerned what impact that would have on our community. And, and uh, I, I learned from that and saw that. And, and then just a breakdown in our culture of folks are not joiners. So back in the day, everyone belonged to a club. Folks often went to their faith communities um, and, and, and were regular attenders there. There was that, that family feel, but we've lost that. And, and once things begin to slide, you lose, lose connection, you lose purpose. And when then things begin to slide, um, people get hopeless. And all that drives, um, drives substance use disorder. Uh, a whole bunch of strategic mistakes, and 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 that's where we are right now. And helping here in the rest of thing. Thanks, Lou. I, I think that you've really defined how we've gotten here. Um, and now the follow-up question I have is, what is here? So, you know, we, we heard a lot about the opioid problem. Uh, it, it was really growing, and, and there were more voices around the discussion, and then we got hit by COVID. So it, it really has taken uh, a backseat to the bigger problem we're faced with today, which is COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but how big of a problem is this for Harrison County? Is, is this something that we should really be concerned about? Um, I'm serving you up a softball there, though. Yeah, and we certainly we need to be concerned because it's not going away. In fact, it, since the pandemic, things have gotten worse. Our overdose rate has soared. Our overdose death rate has has almost doubled uh, in in Harrison County. As best we can track that, because folks are so isolated and they're so anxious and there's so much instability, and and yet the the plentiful supply of drugs are, are still there. Um, fortunately, we have more resources all the time. Um, and, but again, it's sometimes it's hard to find those resources and we are slowly growing a bigger and bigger recovery community. Uh, there's more and more folks to connect with in recovery to encourage each other and it is all about community. So we're growing a recovery community uh, in, in Clarksburg and in Harrison County. Um, but sometimes it's hard to figure out where that is and, and you know, it's not addiction, substance use disorder, addiction is not a respecter of person. So as Brock said, people all over have troubles themselves or troubles with family and friends and don't know where to turn. And sometimes all the different options for, for treatment, all the different options to address substance use disorder is almost like an alphabet soup. It's really easy to get lost in all that. And that's where the website makes a difference because folks can go there and find easy access. And I'll say, as Brock said too, the governor's uh, helpline, Help for West Virginia, has been monumental in also in making connections. So between those two resources, folks can access care, but it is urgent when someone makes a decision, when they finally, and we call it in recovery, the gift of desperation, the gift of desperation. When folks get desperate and they want to change, you, they've got to jump on that and, and we have to help them. Uh, jump on that opportunity and get care as quickly as they can so they don't go back down the wrong way. And I'm afraid substance use disorder is 
is a disorder of relapse, but it, relapse is something that happens, but it's not necessary. Uh, folks, folks can successfully uh, work recovery and, and improve their life quality in all kinds of ways. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure as you are and Brock is and, and all our citizens, we're tired of being 50th in the States and the good stuff and first and all the bad stuff. And certainly that was the conception, uh, the idea behind Healthy Harrison. And then to be able to measure that effect. And you know, so I, I've been blessed to be on the board and, and see what we can do with all that. Well, Lou, I just, you know, you, you talked about the growing um, recovery community. And I, I think that you, you deserve a lot of credit for that. It's, it's such a um, strong thing to stand up and say, you know, this is all of my dirty laundry, you know, for yeah, so nice. many years uh, and for so many people still. Um, the stigma of addiction, the stigma of mental illness has required that they, they hide it from people, even though every family is dealing with it, even though everybody's got friends to deal with it, everybody took it as their own problem, you know, and, and, and there's always been this question of, is this a moral failing or is this a disease? And, and, you know, the reality is if you came up on the river and you saw somebody out there in the middle of the water drowning, you wouldn't ask them if they jumped out of the boat or if they fell in or whatever, but with, with substance abuse, so often we want to know, well, how to get started, you know, and, and it wasn't their fault, but really, uh, I think that's, that's pretty narrow-minded, and so I really, I appreciate your willingness to stand up and to, to acknowledge um, how you got here and, and to help others feel like they can step out and get the help, too. That's such a the, the elimination of the stigma around this is such a huge part of getting people the help they need. Thanks for saying that. And that, that is the truth. If my fame and my infamy uh, can help, I, I certainly uh, uh, am willing. Um, and the, the thing we say in recovery, we're only as sick as our secrets. And if you've got a lot of secrets and you're really sick, I certainly was. And I see folks all the time just can't admit their struggles because there is a lot of stigma. We are judgmental and we are still stuck on the idea that it's a moral failing and, and being harsh. But we just want to save people from drowning. We want to save people from dying from an overdose. And we just see too much of that stuff. So the, the more we talk about it, the more we can combat stigma. Again, everybody kind of is off on their own. We all work in silos. The more we can get together and understand each other as human beings, the more help that can be out there and the less stigma that will exist. But we do tend to remind everybody that today's podcast is brought to you by WV News, the State Journal, United Hospital Center, WVU Medicine. And today we are pleased to have Lou Hortensio on our podcast. Um, and we are discussing discoverrecovery.org, which is a resource provided by Healthy Harrison to the community to combat the opioid addiction. Lou and uh, Brock had just been discussing, um, you know, the, the perceptions and the stigma that's involved. I know that as someone who lives here, there's frequently a discussion about us versus them. In as far as we, we really look at it as their problem and not our problem. I've been a part of those discussions and, and working with you, I recognize the importance of saying, hey, this is where we all have to take ownership over this. And so a, a more practical question that I have is what, what can we do? What can we do as a community to help? Because I, I think that too often um, we're too far removed from the problem or we're too far um, 
or, or we're scared to be to be more blunt. <laughs> um, what can we do as a community to assist with this disease? I mean, we, we certainly need to talk about it more. We certainly need to understand each other better. And, and when you mentioned the sponsors of, of Healthy Harrison in this podcast, I mean, a lot of people care, but they're not sure what to do. Uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, we can just make human contact, human contact in all kinds of ways. Human connection makes a huge difference. If you see someone suffering, you know, talk to them. You know, it was hard for me in the beginning um, people knew that I was in trouble, that I was having a struggle, but I do remember very fondly people who came up and offered help. I wasn't ready at the time, but I knew there were people out there that cared. I'm, I'm afraid that a lot of people feel so isolated in their struggles and just a, a, a handshake, just a smile, uh, some concern and, and, you know, us and them doesn't help anybody at all. Um, but, but as you said, it is scary. You know, we don't want to be out of our comfort zone. Comfort zones are great places and easy places to be, but, but we really have to. I mean, um, and, and, and I think about drug court. Um, I think that I get to participate in where we offer treatment instead of incarceration. It's very easy to try to arrest, prosecute, and incarcerate everyone who has a problem. But if we offer treatment, again, holding the cudgel of potential incarceration over someone's head and offer treatment, we see people extraordinarily successful in addressing substance use disorder and sometimes even having their felonies expunged or, or not even prosecuted. And, and that's the best stuff we do in America, but it is a gargantuan effort. And if you knew about drug court from the inside, you would see all kinds of resources being thrown at an individual who's in a jam. Um, but it's the best stuff we do. I mean, we, we do have a country that cares uh, if we can get out of the us versus them and get out of our silos and all work together. Um, and this is a crisis that needs to be addressed as are many other health crises out there. Well, why don't you explain for people who don't understand even that there was a drug court? I mean, how does that work? I mean, so I get arrested for a drug related offense. How do I get into drug court? But we'll me say if you get arrested for a drug offense, there's, there's prosecution, and um, in, in that course, a lot of easy small offenses can be dealt with, uh, with with treatment options. But folks who are high risk and high need, folks who are high risk to relapse and get stay in criminal activity, and are high need, they need a lot of services. They can be uh, make an application to drug court. Their attorney their probation officer, their family can make an application to drug court. And there they get a year's worth of treatment, um, both residential inpatient treatment and then outpatient treatment classes through the day report center. Harrison County day report provides that. Uh, they learn about addiction. They learn about what their triggers are. They learn about what causes them to relapse. They learn where they can get resources and they learn to live anew uh, in a new way. And, and, you know, it's not, they're not big drug court, uh, probably has 18 people and there's certainly thousands who are struggling, but those folks invested in then have a multiplier effect. If they can graduate drug court, often their felonies are not prosecuted for them. Their prosecution goes away or their felonies are expunged or, or minimized. And then they can have a multiplier effect, certainly on their family. I mean, and, and some of our sentences, I'm afraid, seem draconian. Months and months and years of incarceration, which doesn't seem to help 
anyone. You know, we can't arrest and incarcerate our way out of this problem. Um, and, and, and so this is specific treatment for folks who are then willing, they get desperate. You know, you're holding a prison sentence over someone's head if they don't uh, participate and excel and, and they step forward. In fact, at, at the mission, uh, our, our main recovery coach, our most powerful advocate for recovery is a graduate of drug court. She's learned so much. Uh, it, it, drug court's like college for, for drug addicts. Uh, and, and they develop a personalized recovery plan because everyone needs that. I just see you know, folks being advocates and resources rather than someone who drags the community down because folks who get referred to drug court are often negative influences on the community unless you can turn them around. They turn that passion that they have to something positive. So again, it's, it's an expense, but it's cheaper than incarceration and much more productive. So I'm all about it and, and all about more of it and more about specialty courts. There's a veterans court, um, that there can be family court, there's certainly youth uh, drug court also. Again, we, ne we need to care for people rather than just lock them away into that us and them, it's them and they're locked away. Such an interesting discussion that we're having here. Uh... It's, it's really rooted in our community. And, and you know, a, as you were talking, I was thinking about the commercial that Healthy Harrison produced a few years back where we had Reverend Ken Ramsey, um, you know, featured. And, and it was it was a very powerful commercial, in my opinion, because it was in black and white. It was snowing. It was cold. And it was really symbolic of what we've encountered as, as this community, a very cold and and um, stone-faced problem. Um, one of the things that Reverend Ramsey says in a commercial though, is that addiction is real and recovery is real. Mm -hmm. And I think that that plays into the whole discussion the community has. I think that there is a handful of people who really don't think that there's a, a problem out there. You know, they don't follow the statistics and they don't perhaps have any, any problems on their streets. So they don't think it's that big of a problem. And then for those of us who um, are aware of the problem, um, they may not be in, as involved as you are with the recovery piece. Mm -hmm. So when we ask for your, your bio and, and for, you know, a review of what you'd like to discuss, the word hope comes up a number of times, which is also a theme that Reverend Ramsey talks about in the commercial. Could you talk about how hope plays in as a community that's really exhausted from this issue? I mean, I mean, there is hope. I, and folks don't see it because it's so quiet. But I mean, I see miracles every day at the mission. I see miracles at Celebrate Recovery. I see miracles in drug court. As I said, people that can turn their lives around, just given an opportunity, just given some love and direction and truth. I mean, it has to be grace and it has to be truth both. Um, but but I, I see the, the powerful impact of that on lives. And so I have hope all the time. It, it looks dreary out there. But are you folks unaware that there is a drug problem? I mean, 90%, and that's what the prosecutor tells me, 90% of crimes in Harrison County are drug related in some fashion. And I can say wow. safely over 90% of the problems of, of homelessness is related to drug addiction and mental health issues. Of the, of the 50 residents we have at the mission right now, only two of them have not had substance use disorder issues or do not present with substance use disorder issues, addiction. 
It just seems to drive drive everything. Um, so if we can address, address through our recovery community, through treatment, through the mission, through uh, all whatever resources are out there, we can address that substance use disorder. We can turn things around, uh, solve some of the problems of homelessness, certainly decrease some of the crime problems that we have. Um, and I'm afraid in homelessness, we don't see that the person who loses their job, loses their place and lands on the street. We see folks who've been engaged in substance use disorder and are, are profoundly changed by that and have their whole life upside down. And a whole lot of folks who, because of their mental health issues, have been self-medicating with drugs, not adequately treating their psychiatric disease. And, and we also see folks who don't have any life skills, don't never had a checking account, never even took a driving test. If they took a driving test, they lost their license. If they had a license, they lost their license. Don't know how to make a bed, don't know how to shop for clothing or, or do their laundry, don't know how to make their bed. Because again, we have a breakdown in, in our culture and breakdown in our families. Um, superintendent of the schools told me the other day that the only, after you drop out of school or you leave school and graduate, the only authority person that you encounter are the police. And that was speaking to me, you know, in our communities that used to be family and faith oriented, maybe not perfect, there would be responsible people out there in authority. But after you lose the, the, uh, all the eyes on you in school, the only people you encounter are the police and they're ill-equipped. I'm sure they do a great job and, and I, I don't doubt that, but they're ill-equipped to be social workers. Mm. So Can you talk a little bit about Celebrate Recovery before we wrap up, Lou? Um, you know, that's obviously that's a group that you have invested a tremendous amount of time and energy in. And, 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 and tell us a little bit about how people can find you if, if they need a community to help them with their own recovery. I mean, we, we meet at Clarksburg Baptist on Tuesday nights at 6.30, but there's about 45 Celebrate Recoveries in the state, and it's a 12-step recovery program like AA or NA, but it's not just for addiction, it's for any kind of hurt habit or hang up. And we've all been hurt in life. You can't heal a hurt by saying that it's not there. That's actually Jeremiah 614, that's in the Bible. We all have habits that are not God's plan, not just addiction. I mean, my habit of trying to fix and take care of everybody was a bad habit. And, and uh, life on life's terms, it's tough. It's easy to get hung up. So Celebrate Recovery offers a solution of Jesus Christ for any kind of hurt habit or hang up. And it is church-based. I mean, I'm not going to detract from the other 12-step programs uh, that offer all kinds of help about if there's a problem, there's a 12-step recovery program, about 250 of them in, in, the, in the world. Uh, but Celebrate Recovery is, is something easy for a church to establish. I, I used to think that the church was more a, a place for special people to go, but I've come to understand that it's for anyone and everyone struggles and CR is the ER. Celebrate Recovery is like the emergency room of the church hospital. I think it's a great paradigm to understand. Um, and, and as our faith community has weakened, um, that's one of the reasons we've had such breakdown. And Celebrate Recovery tries to make that community grow stronger, make the faith community grow stronger and the, the recovery community based in faith to be more robust. Lou, this is a growing problem, growing issue in our community, which is really why it was your suggestion um, to do an online resource guide. Um, I understand that there's many resource guides that are in rotation 
And therefore, it was your suggestion to say, hey, let's get something online that we can frequently update. Um, how useful is this tool? You know, for one final plug for, for discoverrecovery.org, how useful is this tool and how can it help individuals who are really struggling? Well, let me say that everyone's got a cell phone. Everyone has internet access and, and anyone can go onto the website and find the resources. It's just a click away. And, and that's just, in, again, there's a whole alphabet soup of resources out there and more and more and more all the time, which is great, but the accessibility can be a problem and it's just hard to discern a course, but on the website, they can find it all and find people to contact in, in person uh, if, if they uh, want to go offline and actually talk to someone. So I, I, I think that we have to continue to support that. It's one of the charges of Healthy Harrison to, to maintain accessibility. Absolutely. Brock, do you have any follow-up questions before we tie things up here? No, I, again, I just, I really respect Lou, the way that you hold yourself out um, and, and just, uh, you know, so honest about what you've dealt with. So I, I really appreciate you and thank you for your, your time today. Sure. Thanks for saying that. I'm, okay. We're good. Lou, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate you joining us. Any last words before we hop off here? There is hope out there. There is hope. Don't give up. And I would say from a faith-based perspective, trust God and don't use and, and ask for help. So, Thank you, Lou. And we also thank our sponsors today, WV News, State Journal, WV Medicine United Hospital Center, and Interaction Media, uh, our partner in crime and putting this podcast on. We thank all of them over there for all of their hard work. And we invite you to change your state. We invite you to change your state of mind and assist us with changing the state of health in West Virginia. Signing off today, I'm John Ardelli. And thank you, Brock. And thank you, Lou, for being on. I hope you guys have a great day and a wonderful weekend.